Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. What if I told you the key to growing your salon was as simple as looking in the mirror? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that your dream salon will magically appear uh, when you look at yourself in the mirror and say, Tabitha, three times. But what I'm saying is that you are the one that determines if your salon is a success or not. I know it's easy to get caught up in external factors like my team's letting me down, my business is suffering, uh, or clients aren't responding to my advertising uh, and that's why we aren't busy but I think as salon owners we forget that it's actually in our control this is all in our control why don't we like the way that our team are performing why are clients not making bookings if we really think about it what do you think the answer is so we're going to find out in this episode when I chat to Wayne Mullins now Wayne will share his insights on what it takes to really own your salon and its success so I look forward to diving in and you meeting with Wayne. Let's see what he has to say. Wayne, thank you very much for joining me on the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Very pleased to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Right. Well, let's start with where are you in the world? Uh, what do you do? How did you get to be doing just that? Yeah, so I'm located in Alexandria, Louisiana. So we're right in the middle of the state. Um, for some of your listeners, they may have heard of the famous place, New Orleans in Louisiana. <laughs> we are the polar opposite of New Orleans. So when you think of New Orleans, think of the polar opposite of that, that's us. Uh, we're just a small <laughs> rural town here in, in the middle of Louisiana. Nice. And uh, tell us about your business. What do you do? How did you get to be doing such a business? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we're a marketing company, marketing agency, if you will. Um, we work in kind of three core areas, web development, social media, and traditional marketing. Um, I ended up doing this uh, kind of by accident. When I was just out of school, I decided to start a company. And over the course of a three-year period, as luck would have it, um, I grew that company fairly quickly. And as a result of growing that company, a lot of the clients and customers for that specific company started coming to me saying, what are you doing to grow? What are you doing to market your company so that you can grow at that, that pace or that rate? And so what initially just started out as kind of side conversations ended up turning into ugly mug marketing. And as they say, the rest is history. <laughs> I love the name, by the way. Uh, it's a, sort of a conversation starter, I'm sure. It definitely is that. It definitely is that. Now, one of the things that uh, we were discussing um, prior to jumping onto this, and I think we're both sort of aligned, is that as business owners, we really can be our own worst enemy. And I know as human beings, we overcomplicate things. Uh, in fact, we were having a conference just yesterday, having this exact same conversation. And I think, is it a natural human nature to need to overcomplicate things? And I think, you know, in this environment, the world has changed and it's changing rapidly and drastically. 
what is it about human nature that drives us to do this? Yeah, if I had the answer to that question, I would. I wouldn't tell you. I'd write a book about it and sell you a copy <laughs> of the book. But I'd buy I, it. I com- yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that you know, as you said, the rate of change that takes place in the world around us today, um, as business owners, we understand. As leaders, we understand we need to adapt, and we have to be willing and able to make changes in order to you know, quote unquote, stay ahead of the marketplace. And I think sometimes though, in that pursuit, in in the pursuit of ensuring that we're keeping up with the rate of change, we lose sight, we lose focus on the fundamentals. And we start replacing fundamentals with the latest and greatest, you know, tactics, the latest or greatest social media platform that comes along. And that's okay to pursue those things, but it's not okay when we let go of the fundamentals, the things that are tried and true and have worked for hundreds, if not thousands of years as it relates to business and and relationships really for that matter. You must see this happen all the time with uh, social media and the digital, you know, uh, things are changing so rapidly that it's really easy to get caught up in the latest and the greatest and the newest and the flashest. Is that something you see a lot? People are ditching the things that worked and and letting them go for something shiny and new? Yeah, absolutely. And to be honest with you, we we can be guilty of that ourselves, right? Because we love learning about new things. We love trying to figure out what's what's going to be the next big trend for our clients. Um, But it does happen because what we hear is we look around and we hear the competition or we see the competition is embracing a new platform, whatever the new social media platform may be. And so we assume that if they are there, we've got to be there as well. And that's a mistake because we are following the leader instead of being strategic and instead of following a plan of action, we are basically playing follow the leader. Let's jump to the next quote unquote, big thing that's coming along. And almost always we and our clients and those we work with end up regretting those decisions to follow the leader and jump into the next big thing. Yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> uh, we follow FOMO rather than our own strategic plan, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you work with a lot of small businesses. Uh, what are some of the common pitfalls and mistakes that you see? Because you have this Uh, nice sort of clear objective from the outside you see a lot of small businesses what would you say would be the number one mistake that you see most commonly yeah I think the number one mistake that that I see across the board is that when we think about leadership when we think about growing our team um, we tend to look out we look around and when things aren't going well we tend to place the blame on those people out there. And I was certainly guilty of this for the longest and I still have to battle this. But the truth is that if we want to succeed in business, if we want to succeed as leaders, the very first place we have to look is the person in the mirror. And and I don't know about you, but for me, the person in the mirror is the most difficult person to lead, right? That person in the mirror is the one that gives me all the excuses, all of the excuses that you know, it's too complicated, it's too difficult, you've been doing it this one way that works well, don't change, um, you know, it won't make a difference if you miss a few days of posting or, or whatever it may be. And so, you know, there, there's this great quote from Michael Gerber, who wrote the book E-Myth or E-Myth Revisited. And 
I'm going to butcher and mess up the whole quote here, but it's basically saying that if your business is sloppy, it's a reflection of your thinking. If your business is lazy, it's a reflection of your own laziness. Um, it's a very, on the surface, it can be a very harsh quote, right? We don't want to hear that. We want to look around. We want to blame the economy. We want to blame a pandemic. We want to blame all of these things taking place around us. Um, but Michael Gerber's point is, again, the first place we need to look is the person in the mirror because our businesses are reflections of who we are as leaders and as managers and as owners. Yeah, I, I just so agree. And I remember learning this and the time that it took for me to know it in my head and to actually live it and feel it and breathe it. Um, and to still be knowing that it, I know it's me, but I can't see how it's me because I'm doing everything that I know how to do. And so it's a journey, I think. Would you agree? Absolutely. I'm, I'm, it's refreshing to hear you say that because I felt the same way and I still feel the same way. It's like, I know that it's a reflection of me, but yet by nature, by default, I want to place the blame outside. I want to place the blame on others. I actually just came across this quote today that kind of ties into that, which is, um, intention is not the same thing as impact. And so when you say, and the same thing, I felt the same thing, like I intended to lead the right way. I intended to not focus on the externals. I intended just to focus on, you know, control the controllables. Um, but intentions are, intentions are not the same things as actual impact or the things that are going to make the difference. So yeah, I completely agree with you. I love that. That really makes that super clear. That's right, because you can have all the intention, but you might still not be getting it right, which just means there's a knowledge gap. We just haven't quite learned what it is that we need to do just yet. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're going to get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team. You love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more because everybody wins, the team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right, Once, one thing um, small businesses need to do is build a team. Like we can't build a business without building a team. What tips do you have or what, what are your thoughts around building a team? What, what are your great leadership thoughts? <laughs> yeah, I, I would say my first thought is this, that, you know, when you're building any type of team or organization, um, there is the ability to either build trust or to build suspicion with every single interaction. And as human beings, when someone new, for example, joins our team, by default, we hire somebody that we trust. So by default, we impart trust on that person. Um, but over time, their actions will indicate whether or not we should continue trusting them. Their actions will either show us to trust or show us that we should be suspicious 
of what's going to take place next. And, you know, when, when I hear that, when I say that, it's like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's, that's easy. But then I would flip it back around to the mirror again. For me, myself, are my actions as the leader, are they building trust or are they building suspicion? And so one of the very first conversations we have with somebody who joins our team is around this. It's around the fact that our words and our actions need to align because every time our words and our actions don't align, what we're doing is we're building suspicion. We're building suspicion around the fact, can Wayne be trusted? You know, Wayne said he was going to do this by this date. Wayne didn't do it by that date or Wayne didn't do it at all. So therefore, next time Wayne gives his word, I have suspicion around that. And what I don't think we, we process or we think through, especially as we're bringing people onto a team, is this whole concept of every action, every time we give our word, we're either adding fuel to the trust side, the trust fuel tank, or to the suspicion fuel tank. Um, so that's, that's one big piece, but a sidebar to that is that we judge ourselves based on our intentions, but we judge others based on their actions, right? So if I say, you know, it's important for us to show up to work on time, but then I show up 15 minutes late, I'm judging myself based on my intentions. Well, I intended to be there at eight o'clock. However, X, Y, and Z happened, therefore I couldn't. So I'm judging myself not based on did I show up or did I not show up on time? I'm judging based on my intentions. My intentions were in the right place. But the funny thing is we don't judge others that way, right? We judge others based on what? What they actually do or don't do. So we judge ourselves based on our intentions. We judge others based on their actions. And as leaders, it's important to remember that. It's important to remember that most of the time, if you're hiring people well, they have great intentions, right? Their, their heart is in the right place. And so we have to be careful not to, you know, just all of a sudden judge people. Um, we need to be able to show some grace as well in that process. Yeah, I really, really love that. You're so right. Uh, and if we have good trust with people, we usually know that they have the right intent until they have multiple actions that show us otherwise. Right? Yeah, ab I have absolutely. A, I have a, I have a little saying uh, three times and you're out. Like, I think, you know, the first time we can, you know, shit happens, life happens. Second time, well, you know, maybe not organized or whatever the case may be. But by third time, this is a, a habit repeating now. I'm moving away from uh, trusting your, your intent <laughs> and <laughs> to judge your behavior now. And it's like, yeah, three times and you're out. All right. Um, Let's talk about communication because this is obviously super important in any business, building a team, but also uh, kind of as relevant also in marketing. So uh, I know that we need to be super clear on our communication in a digital way, like really putting our hat on to digitally communicate to potential customers, but also I think it's relevant uh, in building a team. What are your thoughts around getting our communication clear and right for both? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll start with kind of the team side since we were just talking about that, and then I'll pivot over to the marketing side. So um, when you communicate with your team, there's two types of communication that always take place. One is what I would call explicit 
communication. In other words, the words that come out of my mouth or the, the text that's on the email, um, it's the explicit things. They're very clear. And then the other side of that would be the implicit or the implied communication that's taking place. And very often, if we examine a lot of our frustration with our team, with those around us, even in personal relationships, a lot of our frustration comes from implicit communication. In other words, things we implied or things that we believe everyone should quote unquote know, but yet they don't, right? I was told a long time ago by, by an early business coach and mentor of mine that, you know, for 99.9% .9 of the people in the world, they want to show up every day and they want to do a good job. And so we have to, we have to come from that perspective, right? We have to approach our leadership and our communication from that perspective. So when people mess up, when people don't do what we expect them to do or what we think they should be doing, we first need to go back all the way to the mirror again and look and say, okay, was I explicit? Did they clearly understand what was expected of them? Did they clearly understand what would be required in order to achieve that outcome or achieve that result versus was I implying, was I assuming certain things to be true? So that's, that's kind of the leadership side, the team building side, um, implicit versus explicit is so, so important. And then if we flip that over to outbound or to, to the marketing side, one, we could take that exact same thing over. We could say that, you know, when you look at your messaging and when you look at what you're putting out, it's explicit, right? It's very clear what's written on the, the ads or on Facebook or on wherever it may be. Um, but often if we examine what's there from somebody who's outside the organization, someone who doesn't really know us, what maybe are they reading into it or not reading into it that we're assuming they already know? You, one example or one analogy I love to give people when they think about writing messaging for marketing is this, you should know your ideal customer so well that you could write a page from their personal journal. So in other words, you could sneak into their bedroom or wherever they keep their journal, you could write a page from their journal. And when they get up the next morning, they go to their journal, they read it, and they don't understand how it got there, but they, they think it's them, right? They think they wrote that. So we need to know the pain points. We need to know the frustrations. We need to know what keeps them up at night. We need to know every little aspect about what pains and pleasures and all of these things about our, our customers. And what I can tell you from working with literally hundreds, if not thousands of, of entrepreneurs and owners is that we just assume we know them. We don't ever take the time to sit knee to knee across from them and hear about the pain or the struggle or, you know, the pleasure, the, the things that they're amazed by in their lives. So when it comes to your messaging, I would say the first place to start is actually getting to know them better than you do today. And it's an investment in time that I can tell you, if you take it seriously, will pay huge dividends, huge ROI on that investment of time. Yeah. I 100% agree with that. I think we uh, too often speak to our customer or at our customer from our own perspective inside our own business, and we forget to hop into the head of them and see things from their perspective uh, and be explicit from that perspective. Uh, and because I think we know everything that we know because in, in our business, we're, we're giving answers all the, all the time. We know the answers. We forget what the problem is. And so we don't speak to that enough. Would you agree? Yeah, no, absolutely. Very well said. I completely agree with that. That's, 
that is, that is, you know, I often say when I'm, when I'm speaking or sharing with people that if you learn to get the messaging right, if you learn to communicate in the way that you just described from their perspective, I often say, I know why you care, right? When I'm speaking to business owners, like, I know why you care. I know why you think your product, your service, your business, whatever is great, but why should they care, right? They've got kids screaming. They've got a bazillion notifications on their phone. Why should they care about the ad that you want them to see and care about? So yes, completely agree with, with what you said there. I think we forget that uh, in the hair and beauty world anyway, our customers think, us, think about us <clears throat> maybe for an hour every six weeks. We think about ourselves 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours of the week. We think about our business all of the time. They just think about us once or twice every couple of weeks. And I think that perspective help, helps us go, okay, actually we need to connect with them, make them want to think about us just a little bit more. Yeah. I think we could talk about this for hours, Wayne. So <laughs> yeah. now as a business owner yourself, what is a quote or a mantra or something that keeps you going, keeps you focused, keeps you solid? Uh, what have you got for us? Yeah, so my mantra, the thing that I think is so important for us is broken windows equals broken business. So a bit of context for this. Um, so there were two criminologists. So these are people who study crime rates. And they did this study in Atlanta, Georgia. So in the US here, they did this study. And what they discovered is that in communities where broken windows were allowed to remain, over time, the crime rate in those areas would progressively increase. And so there's, there's this gentleman who actually wrote a book who took the same concept and basically said, broken windows, broken business. And so when we think about our business, like you said so well earlier, we often have these blinders on, right? We don't see things from other people's perspectives. So for salon owners, it's very important to approach your salon as if you were the first time walking up, first time visitor there, right? So are the, are the bushes overgrown? Are the shrubs overgrown? Is the parking lot full of trash? Um, is the door clean? Is the rug down on the ground? Is it full of dirt? Is it dirty? Are the mirrors clean? You know, is the wallpaper hanging down? Are the lights all on and bright? Um, so it's all these little subtle things that, you know, subconsciously visitors pick up on. Whether or not we, you know, we all pick up on them. We go around, we pick up on these things as well. But when it comes to our business, we ignore these things. We we can't see these things. We have these blinders on, as you as you said. Um, and you know what's interesting is Bain and Company. So it's a large consulting group here. They recently did this study where they surveyed, I forget the numbers, thousands of businesses, small businesses, and they said, "What level of service do you provide to your customers?" And eighty percent of those businesses said they provide superior service. So, you know, not just average service, not just, you know, good service, but superior service. So then what Bain and Company did is they went and surveyed the customers of those companies and only 8% of the customers said that those companies provide great superior service. And so that is a wake-up call to you. That's a wake-up call to me that says, we have these blinders. We cannot see 
things clearly. We're not seeing through the right lens. We are jaded. It's our baby, right? It's our passion. We love this thing, whatever the thing may be. We love it. And so sometimes we have to be critical of our own baby. We have to look for those broken windows. We have to look for the little things that may be communicating things that we don't want communicated to our customers, to clients, to future customers, you know. So it's the broken windows, broken business is something that I think is so important. I love that story. That's really interesting, uh, especially leaving broken windows. Actually, it's kind of a message to it's okay to do crime here. That's kind of the message between the lines, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. really interesting. Yeah. All right. Very good. Um, what uh, book, resource, podcasts, something that you've listened to, consumed, read that uh, our owners must get their hands on? Yeah, so there's actually a book called Broken Windows, Broken Business. Um, it's a bit dated at this point, but the concepts in there, the principles in there, are so, so important for every single salon owner, every single business owner to read. Again, because it, what it does is it, it shines a spotlight on the areas that we often choose to ignore, right? Are we maybe not intentionally ignore, but we ignore them because of those blinders that we talked about. So I would highly recommend people pick up a copy of that book, Broken Windows, Broken Business. Um, you know, that, that's, that's definitely one that uh, I go back to on a regular basis. Nice. All right. Uh, Wade, this has been a great conversation. I'm sure we could continue to talk more, but I really appreciate the time that you've given us, the insights uh, that we've had. Uh, I know people are going to want to stalk you, find you. Please, can you tell us, what is your dub dub in your socials? Where can we find you? Yeah, absolutely. The easiest place to find me is just uglymugmarketing.com. Uh, from there, my, all my contact info is there. Um, links to all our social channels are there as well. Um, and if you don't mind, let me leave just one little tiny tidbit for people just to kind of tuck away and, and put in the back of their head. It's that consistency creates miracles. So every single day, those little things that we choose to do, those little difficult things that we choose to do to improve our businesses, over time, consistency will create miracles in your business and in your organization. I love that. Amazing. Great way to end. Wayne, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Wayne, for joining us on this episode. I really understand the importance of humility when growing a business. Now, I know for me personally, being a leader means uh, I'm always about learning better ways to do things. And in reality, it's not all rays of sunshine and rainbows um, because self-reflection isn't easy. But who said uh, beneficial things were easy, right? I'd love to hear your opinion on this episode. What did you love about what Wayne had to say? What was relevant for you? And come and let me know in the Profitable and Successful Salon Owners Facebook group. The links to join uh, the group are in the show notes of this episode. I'd love for you to come and join me and say hey. All right, that's a wrap. See you same time, same place next week. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.